Have you ever felt like what was holding you back from living into your God-given purpose is that you were stuck in the back of some place of your life? You were unable to move forward. There was something literally blocking you for moving forward with the purpose that God has for you and for your life. 20 years ago, on September 11th, 2001, 40 passengers got on a plane. Flight 93 headed from Newark, New Jersey to San Francisco, California. There was a moment where 40 passengers are huddled in the back of a plane. There's a man standing between them and the cockpit. The cockpit had two of his friends in it, in the front of the plane. They had hijacked the plane, and their plan was to take that plane to Washington, D.C. and create chaos and destruction and kill people. Forty people are huddled in the back of the plane. This man is like, stay back, stay back, stay back. I want you to stay back here and stay quiet and do what I say. These folks have two choices. Forty people, people just like me and you, folks traveling for business, folks traveling for family reasons, folks traveling for vacation, folks who travel just like me and you are huddled in the back of this plane and what's keeping them from moving in any direction is this man who's told them they can't move, stay back and stay quiet. And they're faced with two choices. They can stay stuck in the back of that plane or they can move forward with a purpose altogether that would be greater than any of the reasons one of them were on the plane. They could work together for a purpose that would save the lives of who knows how many people. Their actions that day would determine whether people would have the opportunity to actually live into their God-given purpose or would they stay huddled in the back of that plane just waiting and seeing what would happen. They chose to radically be generous people, to stage a takeover of the cockpit of the plane, and at 10.03 a.m., the plane crashed, killing every person on board in a rural field in Pennsylvania, but saving the lives of probably thousands of people, preventing destruction from who knows what in Washington, D.C. At that moment, they had the choice, stay locked up, stay stuck in the back of this plane or to move forward with a generous and radical plan to make sure other people have the opportunity to live into the purpose that God had for them. And they chose, they chose to be people who were ready to give whatever it took to make sure other people had the opportunity to live in to their purpose. I share that story for this reason. It's the people of God, we have that choice all the time. We can stay stuck in the back of whatever thing in our lives we want to stay stuck and locked up in, or we can choose, we can choose generosity, which is being readily able, readily available to give whatever it is we have to move forward and make sure other people get to live into the purpose that God has for them and their lives. This has been a choice God's people have made since the very beginning of time. Adam and Eve are in this garden with everything they could ever want. God gives them two choices, right? They could enjoy this beautiful and abundant garden and life that they have, or they could eat from this tree that God asked them not to eat from. They chose to eat from that tree, and then they were faced with two choices again. They could hide behind fig leaves with their pain and their shame and their brokenness for making that decision, or they can move forward and work in the garden, create new life, 
work and till the garden and create new things for people to eat and, and a new way to live. They could live into God's purpose anyway, or they could hide behind their shame and their brokenness. God's generous love allowed them to make the choice to do the latter, to create new life, to till the fields and, and create just new things in the world. They chose the latter. They chose not to be hidden behind their shame and brokenness, locked up in that. And they chose instead to, to create new life, to live into their purpose and create avenues for other people to live into their purpose. Moses has a choice. He's a, a leader. He was born as a baby. He's taken out of the Nile River by the, the king, the Pharaoh's daughter. He's taken back to the palace. He grows up there. He lives in this place of, of power and wealth and prestige. He's locked up in that place. And Moses gets to a point in his life where he's like, this isn't giving me joy. I feel locked up in, in the back of prestige and wealth, and I don't have any joy or freedom. I don't like this. God leads him to a burning bush and tells him, you have two choices, Moses. You have the choice to stay with the Pharaoh, stay in that wealthy life that you're living, or you can move forward and lead the people of, of Israel, these Hebrew people, your people who are stuck in slavery and oppression and are treated terrible. You have a choice. You can lead those people or not. And, and Moses says, God, I, I can't speak well. I'm not really gifted to lead. I, I think I'll choose to, to live out here in this land, all by myself. And God's like, no, don't do that. And Moses eventually decides to live into what it is God has asked him to do, to live in to his purpose and generously and radically share God's love and purpose with a small group of people to march them across the Red Sea and into the promised land where they could live into the purpose that God has for them. Just like Moses, you have two choices. You can hide behind your insecurity and your pain. You can stay locked up in, in your wealthy place of privilege. Or you can choose to generously and radically move forward into the purpose that God has for you and for your life. Ruth was a woman who had a choice. She could stay in her grief and her pain. Her husband died and, and in that time, when your husband dies, you're a woman, you're, you're left with all of these problems. Like, that's not good. You, on top of the grief and, and the pain of missing your best friend, you also have all of these things that you can't do because you're a woman. And so she has the choice. She and her mother-in-law, her, her husband's mom, they could stay there in that grief and that pain and that, that misery. They could stay locked up in that. Or God had given them an opportunity out of God's generous love and grace to move to a new place and start a new life. Ruth says, pack your bags, Naomi. We're moving somewhere else. And God opens up this opportunity for them to experience God's generous love and grace through a man named Boaz. And then Ruth has the opportunity to generously share that love and goodness with the world around her. Thank goodness Ruth chose not to stay locked up in her grief and her pain and her misery, but to move forward generously and radically into God's new purpose. For her life. 2,000 years ago, Jesus, our Savior, is on his knees in the Garden of Gethsemane. He is praying in agony, God, I know I have two decisions. I can stay locked up in this garden away from the purpose that you have for me, or I can march to the cross 
and radically and generously give my life up so that people will know wholeness, so that people will know their purpose, so that people will not have any excuses for not being able to access the purpose that you have for their lives. Sin won't hold them back. Brokenness won't hold them back. Pain won't hold them back. Not even death will hold them back from the purpose that you have for their lives. Thank God Jesus chose the second. In prayer, Jesus stands up from the garden. He, tell, he looks at his disciples and his closest followers, and he says, it's time. It's time for me to head into and do something generous and loving for you all, to go to the cross and to be raised again. On a Sunday morning, three days after Jesus died on the cross, his disciples go to a locked-up tomb, expecting to find his body there, his dead body there, and it wasn't there. Jesus had rose again. Jesus had done exactly what Jesus had promised to do, exactly what God had promised to do. Jesus had risen above death and brokenness and pain and shame, allowing all of us everywhere to live in to the opportunity that God gives us to live into our purpose. We are not held back by sin or shame or pain or brokenness. Not even death can allow us not to live in to the purpose that God has for us. Jesus radically chose that way. The disciples march to the tomb. They find his tomb empty, and they get scared to death. So the 12 of them hide in a room. They lock the door, and the 12 of them are hiding in the room away from the world. And they, get, they have a choice. They have a choice in that moment. They can stay in that room, locked up in that way of life, or they can unlock the door, walk outside, and share the good news of a God who's opened up a purpose for every person out there through the work of Jesus Christ. The people can live, live forgiven and free. They can, they can live healed and with new purpose. The disciples have a choice. Stay locked up in this room that feels safe for them or unlock the door and go out there and do what it is God has asked them to do, to live in to their purpose, to share the generous and radical love of God. They chose the second. But I have to wonder if in that moment of being locked in that room, if the 12 of them sitting around being scared didn't have a conversation that looked a little bit like those 40 people huddled in the back of Flight 93, or if the conversation didn't look a little bit like Ruth and Naomi crying and, and pain and grief and misery, wondering if this is actually what God's purpose for them is. It's safer to stay locked up in this life, maybe. Maybe it's safer for us to stay here. I wonder if they had a conversation like Moses had, like, God, I am not good enough. I am not capable of sharing this generous and loving purpose that I have, that you have for me with the world. And in that moment, I wonder if one of them didn't say, hey, guys, remember when thousands of us were listening to Jesus teach and remember what he said? These words are recorded in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Thousands of people longing for purpose and meaning in their lives are sitting at the feet of Jesus, longing for him to tell them something that matters. The disciples included, and this is what Jesus tells them long before he goes to the cross. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermins destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart 
will be also. I wonder if the disciples said, hey guys, remember when Jesus told us not to lock our treasures up? Our treasure is in our heart. Maybe we should go out there with the people now because where our treasure is, there our heart is also. And Jesus asked our heart to be with the people. And then he, can you imagine one of the other ones saying, hey, remember that time he told us that no one in verse 24, Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. We cannot serve both God and the things that are keeping us safe here. Because whether you like it or not, the disciples, their lives meant that they could still have access to their, their money that they had. They could still have access to the jobs that they'd given up to follow Jesus. If they stayed locked up and safe in that room, eventually, eventually they would have the opportunity to go back to life as, it, as normal, as it had been. But they remembered that Jesus said, don't store up your treasures where moths and vermin can destroy them. Don't, don't serve two masters. You can't serve God and your money or your wealth or your safety or your security. You can't do both. And I imagine that after just spending time remembering what it was Jesus taught them, I imagine them unlocking that door and headed into the world to start a movement where they tell people who feel like they are stuck stuck in the back of a room, locked up in some room, stuck in their pain and their grief and their misery, stuck in their insecurities and brokenness and pain. I imagine them saying, you know what? God said, don't stay stuck and locked up. Don't stay married to your wealth or all the things you own, but open yourselves up. Be generous with whatever it is that you have. See, generous doesn't mean you just give whatever it is that you have. It means that you are readily available to give it whenever God asks for it. Right now, the reason you may feel locked up and unsafe, the reason you feel like you're locked away, not able to access the purpose God has for your life, is because you might have to ask yourself, what are you holding on tightly to? What door have you locked trying to keep everything else out and yourself in? What shame or, shame or pain or brokenness are you hiding from the world? What insecurities or things you think you're no good at? What are those things you're hiding from the world that's keeping you apart from your purpose of God? It is deeply connected to your ability to be generous. God asks us to be generous, not just to give whatever it is we have, but to readily give it when, it, when God asks for it. To not store our treasures up here on earth where things can destroy them, but to put our treasure, our real worth, our real value, our real joy, our real love in the places where, where moths and vermits can't get to it. Right now, where's your treasure? Where's the things that you hold on to tightly? This teaching of Jesus, this way that people move forward, is counter to how I act every day in my life. I think if I hold tighter to something, if I clean tighter, if I lock the door tighter, if I add in a couple more deadbolts, that's what's going to protect me. And all it's doing is holding me back from the purpose God has for my life. What is it that has you locked up in your life? 
And I think for many of us, if we're honest, it's exactly what Jesus taught long before he went to the cross, that we stored up our treasures in places where moths and vermits can destroy it. We've not realized that where our treasure is, our heart is also. And Jesus says, if you want your heart to feel free, let your heart be absolutely invested in the purpose that you have for me. And that means, that means that you are a generous person, readily to, ready to give whatever it is God asks to give. What is it in your own life that's locked up, that you've locked the door on? What is it holding you back from your purpose? Generosity, a belief that offering whatever you have right now, readily offering it to God, is probably exactly what God's asking you to do, to unleash and open up. The avenue for you to live in to God's purpose for your life. What is it that God's asking for you to be generous with so that you can live in to the purpose God has for you? Will you pray with me? God, I pray that whoever is listening to this right now will know clearly your purpose for their life. They will be found generous. They will be found with open hands, behind unlocked doors, ready to give you whatever it takes for us to live into our purpose and to open every avenue possible for other people to live into their purpose too. We love you. And we thank you for generously and radically loving us. For defeating sin and death and brokenness forever and ever. So that we have no excuse but to be generous people focused on your purpose for our lives.